Welcome to Monkey Off My Backlog, the podcast where we exercise our pop culture demons by tackling our media to-do lists one week at a time. I'm here with Tessa, Jack, and Megan one more time. We promise. None of these segments were recorded ahead of time and spliced in later. We did this all live. I think Megan is the MVP of this podcast because you are the only one who has 100%ed the international feature film and documentary feature categories. The three of us have come close, but we are not completely there yet. In the international feature film category, there is Drive My Car... Flea, which Tessa talked about the same week I talked about Parallel Mothers, The Worst Person in the World, which we'll say a couple of words here about as well, but also two more movies. Megan, tell us about this category. Yes. So, um, I mean, this is a this is a good year for international film. And even after uh, like looking at the shortlist, there were movies that got cut that I was I was like, oh, if those had been nominated, completely observing the one I didn't expect, Luna on a, a, a yak in the classroom. I normally try to, I try to watch almost everything I can before nominations either even come out, and uh, that definitely was one that snuck in that I had to add to my watch list. Uh, ended up liking that yak, had a good time. Uh, so uh, <laughs> I recommend Yak in the Classroom. You know, I mean, obviously we've talked extensively about Drive My Car, Flee, the rare international slash documentary slash animated film so uh i'm wondering how i mean tess has already talked about it but i'm wondering how that's going to affect the voting because i'm not sure i'm not sure there's ever gonna there's gonna be consensus on what what it's the best at <laughs> yeah what what is this film exactly yeah. i could definitely yeah, see that I be a conversation yeah yeah everything <laughs> Right. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, because it is a great film. Yeah. I mean, again, I talked about it during an episode of Monkey, but it, it's it defies a lot of genres. I'm not sure I would classify it as a documentary as much as a memoir, but you know, you got to put it in a category somewhere, right? <laughs> Especially something that defies categorization like this. Megan, do you have a a clue, an idea, a thought of what might win this? I mean, I think it's hard. It's hard to argue when one of the international, only one of the international movies, is in the conversation for best picture. Yeah. It's hard to say that it's not going to be Drive My Car for that reason. But given the fact that the worst person in the world is also nominated in screenplay, means that there will be more eyes on it than you know maybe some years where you know if if there's only one international movie that's nominated outside of this, this category. Um, I still think it's going to be drive my car. I think it'd be pretty hard to beat. Honestly, okay. before I saw worst person in the world, I thought drive my car was going to be a lock. And then when I saw it, I was like, Ooh, right. this is going to be closer than I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Let's loop back to worst person in the world in a minute and move over to the documentary feature. This also, as you mentioned, has flea nominated, uh, walk us through the rest of the category. Sure thing. So, uh, the other one is Ascension, which is about Basically, I think because I watched this movie and it's very much kind of a non-narrative and it's about almost like automation, process improvement <laughs> um, in China. And it was uh, there's a large section of this where uh, where they're manufacturing sex dolls. And I was like, this is interesting because it's like such specific like world 
you know, of this warehouse that's making sex dolls. And it turns out that the director wrote a short or, or shot a documentary short about that and then kind of got this as a full feature. I'm like a kind of a person who's so narratively minded. I have a hard time watching this. Uh, so I, I enjoyed it, but that's definitely not my number one. Uh, Attica about the prison uh, riot in Attica in the 70s, I want to say. Flea, we mentioned. Summer of Soul, um, which was about uh, the Harlem Music Festival that happened the same weekend as Woodstock. And then Writing with Fire, which was my last last movie I checked off my box, uh, which is about journalists, female journalists in UP in uh, India. So I'll be honest, this, this category kind of surprised me. I, I actually watched before the nominations came out, The Rescue, which is uh, directed by former uh, documentary winners, um, Jimmy Chin and Elizabeth Chai, who directed Free Solo and was about um, the cave rescue uh, a few years ago in Thailand. And I thought that was like, I w after I finished that, like that was the craziest story. I was like, if that isn't, if that doesn't win, uh, I'll lose my mind. And it wasn't even nominated. So this is a weird year for documentary, at least in my opinion. <laughs> Given that it's so weird, who do you think is going to win? I think I'm I'm going uh, Academy Award winner Questlove. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's so good. It's That's really the only good. one we've seen so far, but it is so good. Moving on to to writing, so we can talk about the worst person in the world a little bit. In original screenplay, there are nominees for Don't Look Up, which is Adam McKay and David Sirota, uh, Belfast, Kenneth Branagh, Licorice Pizza, Paul Thomas Anderson, King Richard, uh, Zach Balin. We talked about those last week. Uh, Megan mentioned the worst person in the world earlier, nominated in Be Best International Feature Film. The screenplay is written by uh, Joaquin Trier and Eskil Volk. Jack, what did you think about this movie? So I really loved it. I had seen the hype before I got to see it at an online film festival. and But I kind of only knew the premise, and so I went into it, and I was really blown away by both the visuals, um, the lead actress, who I guess I had seen in a minor role in one of his other movies, in Joaquin Trier's earlier movies, because this is technically like third part in a trilogy. The stories don't really aren't connected, but he calls them the Oswa trilogy because they're all set in Oswa. And I just thought it was really well done. Um, I'm hope excited as more and more people are able to see it. I'm excited to rewatch it. It's definitely, I, it was a really great movie and I was really happy when I saw it sneak into writing because it meant that a lot of people, in, I was in the academy in the writing branch had seen it and were respecting it on that level. But it did, like Megan said, it wasn't just an easy international feature check off the box. They were able to say like, there's more to this movie. And I actually thought there, for a small chance, but there was a, but the lead Renate was going to sneak into the best actress field, but that didn't happen. She was there. great. And I'll, and I'll say we watched this yeah. movie. We finished it less than an hour before we started recording this episode. <laughs> and so I'm still unpacking it. It was very profound kind of for me being able to see this from a couple of different lived perspectives. 
Ah, uh, there's a lot to think about. Uh, Taza, what are you thinking about this film that we just finished watching? I mean, I think a lot of the things have already been said about this film. It's phenomenal performances, phenomenal writing. I liked the structure. Anything that, that has chapters that are like delineated, I think is really interesting. This, Tessa, the way that this film... Go ahead. During these recordings, you've now mentioned twice that you like things that are orderly. And as a non-lister, I'm just trying to understand. Uh... <laughs> I don't like doing the ordering myself. I like it when other people okay. do the ordering. Okay. Like they have to do, okay. they have to do the list making okay. for me. I, okay. But yeah, that's a great answer. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. I, I, I just made it up, but I think it was a great answer. It's accurate. Yeah, it's accurate. A little, little self introspection, which is really what this movie is about. For me, this movie hit really hard because I'm only a couple of years older than the main character of the movie, and a lot of the things that she deals with are things that I think a lot of true millennials, I'm not using that as a shorthand for young people, I'm using it as like specific generational discussion, are dealing with. And the her, her relationship with technology, her relationship with the idea of a career with the idea of motherhood, with the idea of like what a relationship should look like, what your life should look like. I I found all of that very compelling and very relatable, even though I am not Norwegian. And so obviously there's, there's some things that are very specific to Norway in that regard. I also thought it was a beautiful movie. I liked, there's some magical realism elements to it, which I was not expecting. I, I loved this movie. And again, I, before this, I mean, granted, I haven't seen all of the the movies in the international film category. I would have thought Drive My Car was a lock, but this is very good. And I think it also deserves its spot in original screenplay. Speaking of spots in the original screenplay, since we're on that category, Megan, what are your thoughts on this movie and its chances of winning the category? I love this movie. Um, I... I think, you know, having it, like I said, having it be nominated for original screenplay means that I think more people will watch it. I think it's in a way more emotionally accessible than Drive My Car. I don't know. I mean, we haven't really addressed the licorice pizza in the room, but um, I think, you know, going up a Going up against a PTA script can be daunting, but I would be thrilled if this won. Yeah, it seems like Licorice Pizza is too shaggy. Yeah, like, but it just when you won think about writing. like 30 minutes ago. Uh, Not that I'm checking Twitter while I'm recording. For him. But- <laughs> That's exciting. Did Alana get nominated for a BAFTA? Because when you yep. said none of the people in this category, I was like, Baby got a nomination. <laughs> Good for Baby. I really want the worst person in the world to win original yeah. screenplay. I don't know if it will. I'm kind of afraid don't look up will. I'm also because I feel like <laughs> I feel like it won't win anything else, but people will be like, but the message is important. Right. People will like, I feel like that's and we can have a Meryl moment. People will be like, Oh, it's it's biting and so that's screenplay. And uh yeah, no, I think that's not out of the realm of possibility as well. <laughs> Over on the adapted side of things, we have Dune by Denis Villeneuve et al. Drive My Car by uh, Yusuke Hamaguchi and Takamasa Oe. Power of the Dog, Jane Campion, Coda, Sean Hader. I mean, this is like 
almost across the board, right? Writer directors. Uh, and then the lost daughter, my favorite Gyllenhaal, Maggie Gyllenhaal. <laughs> We've talked about all five of these movies already, so I'll just go straight to the question, Jack, who's going to win? I think I probably would be Powered the Dog. I don't think, I mean, Coda won the BAFTA tonight, but I don't think it's, I, I mean, unless they really want to give Denise something to win, I think it's probably going to be the Powered the Dog. It seems to be the way things are going, right, Megan? Yep, I'm, I was I was just going to say, Power of the Dog would be my call. What do I know? But that's my guess. I feel like this category, more than the others we've talked about so far, I'm really struggling with predicting this one. I agree, Power of the Dog is probably the front runner, but I could see something like Coda maybe sneaking in. Well, it kind of, hard because this know, is like just... four of the like best picture, like, runners like you know and right. three of the director like you know favorites so and then i i also feel like writing is a weird category where sometimes there's more of an like i think there's more of an upset in the writing category like more of a chance of an upset i should say in writing categories than in the other categories mm-hmm. because if you vote for something for best picture, I think that there is a tendency to be like, but I'll give this person the writing because right. I also liked this movie. Right. So I don't know. I feel like this one could be an upset, but it also could be very down the line power of the dog. All right. So we have two more categories before we hit the, the technical categories. So this is a very interesting category this year. Animated feature film. Encanto, the movie about a Colombian family, Flea, which we've already talked about, Luca, a another that's actually that's Pixar, the 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 Pixar entry for the year. Raya and the Last Dragon, which is competing in terms of other Disney film with Encanto. And then finally, the there is no left field animated choice. There usually is, but this is all pretty mainstream. The last one is a Netflix film branded or by who knows Mitchell's versus the machines it's a very interesting category with a lot of things going on which is a direct quote from you Tessa what do you think oh man this is a hard category for me usually I have a clear favorite I loved all of these films I and which one did you talk about uh recently on Wild Pretty Things. I, I talked about Raya and the Last Dragon on Little or Little Pretty Things. Uh, <laughs> little I talk, Wild Things. Little Wild Things. I talked about Raya and the Last Dragon on Wild Pretty Things. So I'm not going to rehash what that movie is about or why I love it so much. It is a very, very solid Disney film. I think in terms of marketability, it's probably going to be Encanto in terms of What's going to win? That movie was huge when it came out. They nominated the wrong song from it, which we'll talk about later. But the, the, we don't talk about that. Yeah. But, <laughs> uh, ha, 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 ha. but but a lot of people loved this film, and I think that it has that broad mass market appeal. Which again, it's not a guarantee of the Oscars, but I think it is a guarantee that more people will have seen it than the other films. My dark horse this year, though, is Luca, which was a beautiful film that made me cry. So, I mean, uh, Pixar always has a tendency to make me cry. The dark horse is Mitchell's versus the Machines, which was also a beautiful film that made me cry. But perhaps 
does not have the, I'm not sure as many Oscar voters will have seen Mitchell's versus the machines as the others in this category. I think the, the three combined Disney Pixar picks all brought me to tears at some point. Megan, what's your take on this category? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I think I can't picture being upset about any of these winning, which is rare because I'm very opinionated. Um, I think if <laughs> I were to say, like, I think I, I expect Encanto to win and I loved Encanto, I would be shocked and delighted if Mitchell's versus the Machines won. The thing that I think that has going for it is it's like, it's very like inside baseball in a weird way. Like the, the girl is a filmmaker, uh, you know, um, I just could see, I could see that maybe uh, sliding in there, but also uh, Netflix doesn't always have the, the best goodwill uh, in regards to how they market their films. So, um, you know, in a way, it, somehow Encanto, the movie about generational trauma uh, from Pixar is is like the obvious choice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I will also say the Mitchells versus the Machines is a very unique storytelling method compared to the other films. Like the actual narrative is a little different in terms of the way that they visualize the narrative. So that also, I think, I don't know if that's going to work in its favor or not, but I I do think that's interesting to mention. New parent Jack. Surely you must have a take on the animated category because animated films are for children. (laughs) Uh, One thing I want to also correct is that um, Encanto is not. Oh, sorry. Pixar. It's Lucas Disney. Lucas the Pixar. <laughs> Raya and Encanto yeah. are both technically Disney films. And in the week that Disney's had, I think we want to be on the side <laughs> of Pixar over Disney. I'll be very interested to see how, who wins this because of the Disney three, Disney having three movies under their greater umbrella. I've seen some of the for your consideration, swag Mitchell's versus the machines put out and people like people who've received it for different award bodies. It seems like a really cool thing. Um, they've also been putting out features about the behind the scenes artwork. So they're definitely doing a lot of stuff for this movie because I think partially because it's created by Lord or produced by Lord and Miller who made the Lego movie. They kind of have a reputation, but so people generally like them. And then Fui, I really want Fui to win something. So like Megan said, I, there's, I'd be happy with any of these winning, and I have no idea how it's going to work. I wouldn't be surprised if it is the Mitchells versus the Machines just because the Disney umbrellas, um, they're all fight, going to be fighting each other. And then Fui might be, people might find too sad, and they might go with Mitchells versus the Machines. You mentioned before we started recording that this entire category is very queer. Like all of these movies have a lot of elements of queer storytelling in them. Which one is the most queer? Flea has a scene that takes place in a gay bar. So one might say that. But then again, Luca deals with two sea creature boys um, experiencing puberty and what it's like to be outsiders. So hard to know. Is Raya the most queer baity? It's definitely the most queer baby. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. I have no transition. Moving on to uh, original song, which can sometimes be a great, interesting category, and then other times it can be this year. We have 
a nominee that rivals the weird time frame of Best New Artist at the Grammy, where you can be nominated for Best New Artist when your album came out like five years ago. Billie Eilish is No Time to Die. You also have the wrong song from Encanto, Dos Origuitas. You have the obligatory song you've not heard of at, from a movie you might not have heard of. Somehow you do from a movie Four Good Days. I'm sure one of you t- can tell us about that. Uh, you have the Beyonce song from King Richard, Be Alive. And you also have a Van Morrison song from Belfast down to Joy. Quick thoughts. Uh, Megan. Yes. Well, I watched Four Good Days because, you know, every couple of years, Diane Warren has to write a song for some real stinker of a movie and make me watch it. Um, this award previously goes to Breakthrough. Um, but <laughs> Breakthrough was still worse than Four, four Good Days. But, uh, um, you know, not, not a great movie. I don't know. I think it's going to be Billie Eilish. That's my hot take. I know it's it's hard. Great. Why I could be there, okay with that. Why are there any songs from Tick, Tick, Boom? Like, that's what got not me. Original. Original. Oh, okay. That is the... That's that one of those, the, like, loophole things. Why it Andy Serkis still doesn't have an Oscar. Yeah. There's all Exclusion. sorts of nonsense with that, too. Because, you know, it's like, oh, it category. can't be, like... It has to be, like, either the first song in the credits that plays as you're rolling into credits. It can't just be the second song that you dump in the credits. It's, it's difficult. <laughs> Jack, any thoughts on this one? Yeah, um, definitely. I don't know. Disney dropped the or messed up the ball with the Encanto song. I definitely think it will probably be No Time to Die, but I also wouldn't be surprised if people see Encanto on the list and be like, "This is the song that the kids are talking about, right?" <laughs> that's true. Not, Maybe that's why it got nominated. Um, they were like, "This is the one, right?" <laughs> yeah. Uh, for this category, the movies, the songs are submitted by the studio, so Disney. Could have chosen multiple songs to submit. They only so- submitted Disney this is song. making nothing of all the songs Nothing in the but movie. good choices lately. Yeah. <laughs> nothing but good choices. A company that's never done anything wrong. The real question I have with this category is who's going to be, if they perform the songs, who's going to perform the Van Morrison song? Because he's not allowed in the country. Because <laughs> he's not vaccinated. I, Kenneth Branagh. Kenneth, Kenneth Branagh, Branagh sings Kenneth it. Branagh. Yeah. I'd watch if it was but Jamie, Jamie Dornham. <laughs> <laughs> he can <sing> star. <laughs> but I think it's going to be No Time to Die is my prediction, but we'll probably win. I agree about No Time to Die, but I also take your point about Encanto as well, just because, yeah, I could see somebody being like, this is a makeup award for We Don't Talk About Bruno, which of course is the actual best song can from you that. Imagine? <laughs> it's like It's like if Let It Go didn't get nominated. And something else from Love is an literally open door. anything else. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you want to build a snowman? Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, I that will say it's too. hard. It's hard to, uh, you know what? It's hard to see Beyonce on a ballot though and think people aren't going to go for it. So is this, I true. don't know how it's going to go. <laughs> At one point, Jay-Z was on the show, like in consideration to be nominated for a song for a different movie. And I was really hoping that would happen. So then they would be up against each other for an Oscar. All right, let's let's stick with music for a minute and talk about original score. Encanto is also nominated in this category, and we also have Megan talked a little bit last week about Don't Look Up. Hans Zimmer in the Wah 
of Dune is also nominated. Johnny Greenwood, Radiohead guitar player extraordinaire who does half of the scores for all films now, is nominated for Power of the Dog and uh, also a nomination for Parallel Mothers as well. So, hooray. I have to say really quickly, I thought Johnny Greenwood was actually, before you read that all out, I thought he was nominated for Spencer and not Power of the Dog. And so I was like, wait, why is he nominated for this? Spencer was better. (laughs) I immediately assumed uh, Licorice Pizza because I love his Phantom Thread score. (laughs) I wonder, you know, because Megan, you referred last week to uh, Nicholas Patel talking about Succession. I don't really know how this works. You know, could Johnny Greenwood pick up an award, not simply because of Power of the Dog, but people see, you know, we just talked about Beyonce. Can people see his name, recognize all the stuff he's done lately and just check that box? I think potentially, but to have him up against Zimmer and Rattel, like people who have, who, like people who have been, names in this category specifically but i don't think there's gonna be i mean i personally don't think uh encanto's in with a chance here um but other than that i or, and i don't really think parallel mothers either but other than those two yeah. i think uh i think it's gonna be Bratel zimmer or greenwood and i think it's hard to say that any of those three would get through on kind of power star power alone i mean i i recognize i'm talking about composers as if they're <laughs> celebrities but i I'm, I'm a big nicholas Bertel head so i do i mean i i i guess if i'm thinking really rationally i still think it's gonna be zimmer but i don't know I will say that Zimmer might deserve it for this one because the Dune soundtrack is restrained in a way that i haven't heard Zimmer do in a really long time yeah. like like Spielberg. We had this conversation last week about Spielberg and the ways in which like he's kind of been phoning it in and then suddenly he does something like West Side Story. That's how I felt about the Dune soundtrack as well. Jack, what do you think about this category? I think it's going to be Zimmer because he the only time he's won before was be for fair, the Lion he King. He brought the heat. And that, that was that's course slap. Yeah, but I think he's been like nominated so many times since, but I feel they feel like Many people probably think he's never won before. So I think this is uh, going to be the one that probably finally wins it. He's won tonight with the BAFTA, and he's been winning other places. I think it's his to lose. I do think that probably Johnny Greenwood probably would be the number. I wouldn't be surprised if he's number two just because he has been working so hard in this space recently. But I think he will eventually win one. I just don't know if this is his year, but I think if Zimmer doesn't win, then I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. If I think Greenwood. Zimmer is my favorite score this year, like taking just the score into account. Uh, but it's very difficult to take just because <laughs> I was because I listen to the Phantom Thread and the Succession soundtracks nonstop, so I just have an affinity. <laughs> That's what I was just thinking. I was just thinking if it's just the score and not the person, yeah, Dune makes total sense. So yeah, so Hans Zimmer. Just can't wait to be king. I mean, winner of this category. You're very funny. It's something about (laughs) it's something about the the little face you make that's like, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so cinematography. 
we have Dune, Nightmare Alley, Power of the Dog, Tragedy of Macbeth, West Side Story. I think those are the five movies you would expect to see nominated in this category. They all seem to be like strong choices. Does this go to whichever film is going to win Best Picture and, if applicable, Best Director? I don't think so. I Jack think says could, no. I think this could fall in the Dune. I think this could fall in Dune House. <laughs> so cinematography for Dune, but not, but Dune, I mean, not for Best Picture. Yes. Okay. Yes. Failing that. Is there another choice? Is that the one you want to see, Jack? Of these five, I'd put Dune number one. I would, I would personally might even consider West Side Story or Tragedy of Macbeth over The Power of the Dog. I really liked how The Power of the Dog was shot. I won't be upset if Power of the Dog wins because then it will be the first woman to ever win in this category and she's only the second woman ever nominated in this category so i won't complain about that just when i think of that movie i do think of certain shots but there are other things about that movie that i thought were stronger compared to like dune i the way that movie was shot are the things i most think about that movie and then west side story there was yeah. a viral tweet about and like right how during, that movie was shot. Right during so voting. I feel like that's going to help that shot. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And then Tragedy of Macbeth was a stage production, but done in a very interesting way that I think could interest people. I was actually surprised that we only ended up with one black and white film in this category, considering how many black and white films there were in 2021. Megan, what did you think? If it goes Power of the Dog, again, I like that won't surprise me. Um, like, I mean, if Power of the Dog got production design, that would kind of surprise me. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me here. Um, I guess West Side Story is probably my choice. I would prefer to see uh, Tragedy of Macbeth in production design than here specifically. So I really think it just kind of depends on how much momentum Dune has rolling over from other technical awards. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. There's a really good chance that I think Dune or Power of the Dog walks away from this just because of the way that I think those two are entangled in both the technical awards and in the Best Picture Mm. run. However, I think personally, when I think of the best cinematography that I saw last year or movies that came out last year, it would actually be West Side Story. Like, I can't stop thinking about the cinematography of West Side Story. So I would be really, really happy if it did win. And considering how famous, considering how famous the original cinematography of West Side Story is, to be able to like you know make a remake and have it still be so interesting and very, I think if if they don't give like if Spielberg doesn't win director, I think this would really be, uh, you know, kind of a feather in his cap. So the rest of this discussion is going to be taped and edited in at convenient points in the episode. Again, with the face, nope. yeah. Get it? <laughs> How many people listening to this are, are keeping up with that that minutia of the Oscar telecast? <laughs> oh, and, you know, I think, you know, talking about things that I'm going to edit, let's talk about the film editing category. That's it. I'm done. Um, are you, though? Are you? I am not. No, I don't think can. you can restrain yourself. Um, all right. So film editing... 
Don't Look Up, Dune, King Richard, Power of the Dog, Tick, Tick, Boom. Uh, tick, Tick, Boom. Uh, I see the floor. <laughs> Does Dune not get, because like it, you know, it's, it's a blockbuster, right? Yes. There's so much work, you know, is that a consideration? I think it is. But it's almost hurt by the fact that next, um, that there's another one coming out that will be, you know, kind of more of a spectacle, visually at least it seems. Which Jack mentioned last week. Yes. So I think that hurts its chances because I think it can, like Jack said, like everyone will just wait for the return of the king. But Jack also mentioned last week. And I know because I was just editing the episode. <laughs> Mentioned last week uh, the the uh, alternate take of it all with "Don't Look Up," you know, and that that might be a consideration for editing. Jack, what's your take on that? From everything I'm feeling, I think Dune is going to win a lot of these awards, kind of the what people call blow the line awards. I think I'd love for Tick Tick Boom to win. I was surprised it actually even got nominated in this category but i think dune is probably going to win just because they want to give they want i think dune is going to be the big winner of the night just not the best picture it's gonna winner. be the mad max fury Road. um and i yeah yep yeah, and i won't be upset if dune wins i honestly if any of the four that are not don't look up even king richard because of the tennis scenes i would be fine with winning a best setting my ranking would probably be dune or tick tick boom dune power the dog king richard don't look up if don't look up starts winning some of these really like early in the night or or, we'll see Uh, when when (laughs) yes who knows but uh if (laughs) if uh then i'm gonna be um uh, on pins and needles all night (laughs) yeah yeah, I think I'm going to have to agree with with what you're saying. I think Dune stands a really good chance of winning this one, although Tick, Tick, Boom, that would be my my favorite for this, but but Dune seems like the, the safe bet in terms of actually winning. Okay, so let's talk about the blockbuster category, which is also known as visual effects. We have to watch Free Guy, Tessa. We do. Oh, I had forgotten about darn that. All. That's the only one we um, haven't seen. Visual effects is, uh, okay, I already said that. We have Dune, Spider-Man, No Way Home, Free Guy, No Time to Die, and Shang-Chi. I guess the question here is, uh, is this where momentum is going to take over and Dune just picks it up? I think yes. I mean, I think there is a small chance that people are like, you know what? That Spider-Man flick was a lot of fun, but I still think it's going to be Dune. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's going to be Dune mainly because Marvel has a split vote in this one between Spider-Man and Shang-Chi. And also both of those movies, while excellent, I, I don't, there's no shade on either of those movies, but they have a real Marvel aesthetic to them, which is good. I like Marvel aesthetic, but it's not something that's going to like distinguish itself in this particular it's the category. Style. <laughs> yeah. No time to die. Again, it's a Bond movie. It has a lot of Bond things happening. I don't hate it. 
it's just not going to distinguish itself. So unless something, unless Free Guy, which I haven't seen, has like something amazing in it that just like <laughs> they're shaking their heads. I didn't think so. I didn't okay. think so. A Dune is just so visually like. If if Dune doesn't win this, I'll, 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 I don't know. I'll be shocked. <laughs> yeah, Dune, I would be uh, shocked. Jack, if is that else. your your take as well? Yeah, I think. And also, Free Guy is now under the Disney nice. umbrella too. So, um, I I think if it's not Dune, it will be No Way Home. But I do think now. Remember, No Dune. Way Home is not under the Disney umbrella. It is Marvel. But it is Sony. Sony. I will say, just as we're talking about this, it is weird, more more so than other years that we've talked about the Oscars, it is really weird to still be talking about films that were supposed to come out like three yes. years ago. Like the fact that Free Guy is nominated. And I was I thought we were gonna see that movie like in March 2020. Like it was, it was, it's so strange to be talking about films that have literally been like held onto by studios and then released just this last year. And I'd like to say this would be it, but it's not. No time there to die. Still same same movies. way. Like I know Top Gun Maverick's not going to get a nomination for like this category. I mean, if it did, it would just be this category, but there are movies coming out this year that were still, you know, pandemic delays. I'm just saying, Top Gun, don't be surprised if Top Gun gets a score. Nomination. I think it could be sound too. People like those planes. People do like those planes. Hey, you know what? <laughs> Editing. Okay. <laughs> All right. So here's a category, and and I would be interested to hear because, uh, you know, I think there are three stronger choices in this category than Dune. So production design. You have Dune. You have Power of the Dog. But you have Nightmare Alley, Tragedy of Macbeth, and West Side Story which just all are just, they just killed it in terms of production design. They are such visually striking movies. I agree. I'd love to see a West Side Story here, personally. And and I mean, we talked a little bit about Tragedy Macbeth earlier. Like, one of the things that I think is so interesting about the way that this movie looks, is like Tessa says, it's almost very visually like a stage, but they're doing everything so big and so dramatic in a way that you could never achieve on a stage, you know? So I, if it's one of those three, I'd be really happy. Um, I think this is another one of those things, like if this goes power of the dog, then I think we're going to see a big power of the dog night. Jack, is it, is it power of the dog or Dune or something else? I think it's going to be one of those two. I think personally, I think the production design is better in Dune, but I'm going to go with Dune. I think Dune's going to win a lot of these awards, but it is not because I don't think it will still win Best Picture. Personally, I think if Guillermo del Toro doesn't win this award, he was robbed. And I would now like to turn to my Guillermo del Toro was robbed expert, Tessa. I mean, (laughs) Nightmare Alley is a dark horse. I'm perfectly willing to admit that i do think like you said sam this is a very strong category i don't think i would be unhappy if any of these movies won i think that dune and west side story probably and and power of the dog probably have more of an edge than nightmare alley but nightmare alley is just such a visually stunning film as well and like i I, I I have no words. I have no words for how much I wish that this would actually win. I don't think it will. I'll be so happy if it does. But I think that it's more likely to be Dune or 
honestly, West Side Story. I would put West Side Story over Power of the Dog personally, but it you never know. Power of the Dog might have momentum on this one too. Well, and and you know, moving on to the sound category, you would think a musical should be a lock, right? So you have West Side Story in that category. You don't have Tick, Tick, Boom. So I guess that's not infallible logic there. But West Side Story does have a big, broad, sonic palette. But then again, so does Dune and uh, No Time to Die. And uh, we've talked, Tessa, you especially, about how uh, good-sounding Belfast is. And then, of course, The Power of the Dog is nominated for everything, so it's nominated for that as well. Is sound West Side Story or Dunes to win? Again, I think Dune is going to win a lot of these small awards. I definitely could see West Side Story picking up there. Um, so sound is a mix up of sound editing and sound mixing. Sound editing is basically like sound effects and things they make. And then sound editing is the levels and all that stuff. So I definitely could see, I think if it's not Dune, it would probably be West Side Story in this category. But right now I'm thinking Dune just because it was the most sound. Megan, does Dune win this category? I think yes. I think yes. I still think this is going to be a Dune wins all these technical awards here. So. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I think Dune is a... Real, it, it, Dune is probably a lock for this with the Dark Horse being West Side Story. Although I just want to point out, I actually think with all the problems I had with tragedy with of with, with all the problems I had with the tragedy of Macbeth, the sound in that movie that that is an award that I would have liked to see that particular film win because we didn't talk about it at the time. But the way that they use marching and ticking and things falling on other things in that film is so well done as well. I, I don't know. Is it audio symbolism? Is that what we call that? Uh, <laughs> the way you use sound to symbolize things? I think that was really well done. And so I think it was robbed of a nomination. But the short answer is, is that Dune is probably going to win this. That leaves us with two categories. Costume and design and makeup and hairstyling. So costume design first. We have Dune, Nightmare Alley, West Side Story, joined by... Emma Stone and some puppies in <laughs> Cruella and Tessa's selection of the year that didn't get nominated as much as it should have. I'm guessing. I cried Cyrano. so much at the end of Cyrano, you guys. <laughs> I just watched it yesterday. Can we talk about how the Desners did this? They are responsible for turning Cyrano, for doing this musical of Cyrano. It's like, I, I'm seriously surprised that Cyrano did not see some more love. I think it was... I, Blame Taylor Swift for not... I, yeah, I do, actually. I think it was... I think they just... It was the delayed release date issue. Like, it was... This was the hardest thing for anyone to see. Like, I mean, as far as... Obviously, there's difficulties with, like, international pictures and stuff, but, like, for a, you know, big studio musical... Um, that has been, you know, advertised for a while. I think they released it too late. I just don't, I don't understand how Dinklage didn't pick up a nom. I don't understand how the National, the Desners didn't pick up a nom. I honestly don't understand how this didn't pick up adapted screenplay either. Like if you, if you want to make the argument, it doesn't belong in best picture, fine. But I don't understand how it didn't 
make adapted screenplay as well. Granted, I am biased because I love the play Cyrano de Bergerac. Uh, I don't think Cyrano plots work in modern movies, but that's a whole other conversation. But honestly, this there was so much going for this film. And yeah, I cried like a baby but, at the end. But his costume design, I mean, compared to the update of West Side Story, the fashion designer Cruella de Vil, the, you know, Nightmare Alley again, or those weird spacesuit desert water pee things from Dune. I think I think there is kind of a dismissal of like period clothing almost like I mean they're always nominated but I feel like it's almost like well of course it's nominated uh but you know uh they they just look like old dresses. So I don't know if that's going to I don't know I could see Cruella winning this purely because it's like literally a movie about fashion. Um, but I don't know. I don't really, I'm not really. I think Cruella (laughs) might win too. I actually kind of agree with you just because it stands out. Mm -hmm. I think, although to be fair, I also forgot that Cruella came out this year. Like I was like, wait a minute, that came out this year. That might hurt it. That's the only thing I could see kind of hurting it. What did you think, Jack? So I think part of the reason why I feel like Cyrano didn't do well is distributed by the same company that did No Time to Die, House of Gucci, and Licorice Pizza. So I feel like they were putting their eggs in other baskets. Um, so they probably didn't put as much weight behind it. This one, I think this is a category where West Side Story actually could win because a lot of the costumes are very colorful. Like, all you have to do is watch the America sequence and it just pops because of uh, the yellow dress in moments like that, I think I re- I think West Side Story is a movie that people really like, and I think they want to give it something, and I th- wouldn't be surprised if it takes costume design. That is my prediction. This brings us to the last category, makeup and hairstyling. And this, if you want to argue that these awards should not be taken out of the live telecast, There are all the right reasons, all the obvious reasons, but I would hang my hat on this category because you have a movie about somebody who is famous for her makeup. You have The Eyes of Tammy Faye nominated. You have Dune, which, I mean, obviously. You have Cruella, which is also a strong nominee along with costume design. But then you have two other movies, one which was a prestige Please nominate this movie, biopic, Ridley Scott, like bingo, Oscar bingo. The only nomination that House of Gucci scores is in this category. And then you have a truly off-the-wall choice of coming to America. (laughs) Two stylized as the number two because it is a sequel to Coming to America. This is such a weird category. How dare you not air it live? Who wins this category, Jack? I think it's either going to be Gucci or Tammy Faye, and I'm just trying to figure out which one. Maybe Gucci, just because they want to give that movie something. I think Tammy Faye, just because the fact that this is the only Gucci nomination shows that they don't really vibe with Gucci. (laughs) My concern with Tammy Faye is if people remember the Jessica Chastain comments they might be like yeah. uh, 
I feel like it's a prosthetic off every year, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which I hate. Yeah, That's right. like, I really wish they would actually do things with makeup and hairstyling that weren't just like, who looks the most changed? <laughs> like... And so that's why I think Eyes of Tammy Faye might win because that and House of Gucci did the most with prosthetics. Mm -hmm. But if we're talking about purely like doing cool things with makeup, Cruella might also be a strong contender. I don't know. I don't think Cruella is going to win two awards. So I feel like I think that I think Cruella's definitely probably going to be costume instead of makeup, but. To me, it's actually my favorite of the makeup. Although, again, Tammy Faye, strong contender as well. I think it's so hard to argue against, like, people sitting down and being like, well, Tammy Faye is basically the movie about a woman who has makeup. (laughs) Right. I mean, the first shot is of her, take like, them taking (laughs) off her makeup, which, by the way, I had no idea you could permanently line your lips. That was, like, new information to me. So, yeah, I guess I maybe I just made the argument for why this one should win. (laughs) All right, that's it. We did it. Special thanks to Megan and Jack for hanging out with us and talking us through this year's nominees. Tune in next week. Andy's back with us. We're talking video games. Be a good time. Jack, where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter at Jack Tweets Life and on Letterboxd at Jack Loves Cinema. Megan. Yes, I am everywhere at Spell Megan. Tessa. You can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Suela Tessa. Suela is spelled S-W-E-H-L-A. You can also find me on Monkey Off My Backlog's sister podcast, Nanny Ogg's Book Club. That's on Twitter at Nanny's Book Club and on Instagram at Nanny Ogg's Book Club. Basically, the podcast is me and Nigel reading through all 41 of Terry Pratchett's Discworld novels. Send us your thoughts about this year's nominations or anything else that comes to mind. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at Monkey Backlog. Email us at monkeyoffmybacklog at gmail.com. Please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Follow us on Stitcher, Amazon Podcast, Google Podcast, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Get that monkey off your back.